Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. In the book The New Manhood, Bidoff shares how children, in particular boys, are woefully underfathered. Well, our guest Arthur had an amazing dad. They were so close. His dad was so loving, which made what happened when Arthur was 14 absolutely tragic. Arthur shares this story and the incredible good news that came out of it. My dad had a, uh, a real sense of humor. I'd say a great role model for having six boys on how to be a, a husband, a father, a great sense of humor, knew how to say sorry, dated our mom uh, once a week, except for when he was sword fishing, he was gone for two weeks at sea, and, um, and also spent time with us showing us how to do things like fixing his fishing gear and how to paint and how to cut hay with a scythe and how to shear sheep and things like that. So uh, they took me hunting when I was 11 years old. And if you can believe this, bought me my first shotgun to shoot over the crippled geese when they were goose hunting to get uh, meat for the table because there was no farmland where we were from, all rocks, trees, and swamps. They took me fishing when I was 12 years old, uh, went to sea for 12 days, uh, harpooning swordfish. And my job was being a young boy with good eyes. I was up the spar 75 feet in the air looking for swordfish fins, and the rule was uh, don't tell your mother what you're doing. She won't let you come back. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, yeah, he, we, were, we were very close, uh, father and son, that was for sure. And so when you lost him, that would have been just devastating. I want to say first it's, a, it's an honor to tell what God did in my life through a real sad disaster. So at 14 years old, 1961, uh, Lockport, Nova Scotia, my dad, a captain, was out fishing, and it was so cold, it was in March, that every time a saltwater wave would land on his boat, it would freeze uh, layers of ice. The ship became top-heavy, a wave knocked off the wheelhouse, and uh, 17 men were drowned. No bodies ever recovered. Uh, 73 children lost their dads in one night from a town of 1,200 people. The Halifax newspaper interviewed uh, my grandfather, and the story was entitled, The Storm That that Broke Lockport's Heart. And the sting of death was so awful for me as a 14-year-old, I can recall my mother uh, crying behind my bedroom wall for three weeks, and I had no answers. And because we were raised in this high-class British protocol background, there was no hugging or kissing or say you love I love you after you turned became a teenager that kind of stopped and so there was no nothing really close there lovingly so I didn't know what to do so I thought my my reaction was there must be an answer to the sting of death but I never had a clue but I started to in some way start searching for an answer and then at 19 years old, I'm in grade 12, I'd failed grade 8, grade 10, and grade, and grade 12. And I was 19 years old, and a girl named Judy took pity on me and said, uh, do you want me to be your tutor? And I said, yeah, okay, if you want. I mean, I was a hopeless case, uh, raised in a one-room school, the first half of my education, one teacher. We were somewhat ignored. Never read a book in my life, uh, no dictionaries, uh, did no homework. I was just into girls and sports and hunting and fishing. They said I was at a grade 9 level in English in grade 12, but she stuck with me. So when she invited me to go to a church meeting 
my first thought was, well, I hate going to church. I'd rather be goose hunting or trout fishing. But I thought, well, she's so nice to me, and I want to get out of grade 12. I mean, yeah. and so I said, yeah, fine. So I, so I went to church with her, and uh, for the first time, uh, heard the gospel. They were preaching on Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Lord had no trouble uh, convicting me that I was a sinner. Well then, uh, but it gave me an awful funny feeling inside. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I went back the next Sunday evening at my request this time, not hers, and asked the meeting. They put my name in John 3.16 and made it read, For God's loved Arthur, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. If Arthur would believe in him, Arthur would not perish, but Arthur would have everlasting life. So after I heard the, the, the verse, For all of sin to come short of the glory of God, uh, I knew I had to do something about this, so so right there, I never prayed personally to God in my life. At 19 years old, I thought, well, I'm going to give this a try, so I just thanked the Lord for paying the penalty for my, my all my sins, and I just stepped on in faith and said, Lord, I want you to be my Savior, and I pray this in Jesus' name as I've been instructed. Well, when I got done, I wasn't sure what had happened, but I could tell there was a little bit of peace in my life and some some guilt went away, and then this uh, minister uh, made some comments on John ten twenty seven about uh, if you did this sincerely, Jesus knows it, and if you did, he's going to give you eternal life, going to guarantee you heaven, you know, after death, and he says, and you will never uh, perish spiritually. You're, you're in my hand forever. Wow. And so when I walked out of the room, Here's what happened to me in the next 10 minutes walking down the aisle of this church. Yeah. I got thinking, wow, you know, I just heard that salvation is free. It's simple. Uh, you can know for sure you're going to heaven. And then my mind said, you know, sailors, they should know this now. And the reason I thought that, men got drowned every year in southern Ontario. I mean, southern Nova Scotia, excuse me in my area in southern Nova Scotia. And the reason, uh, it was really bad to fish from December through April because of all the uh, the ships iced up. And uh, But the government wouldn't give captains unemployment insurance because they owned a boat, so you're so-called rich. Now, there are wooden boats. Now, the comment was around the fishing village, men, I mean, children cannot chew on wood. You know, a fishing boat, you can't chew on wood. Yeah. There was no birth control. And so uh, a lot of families, anywhere from like seven up through like 17 was the biggest one. Lots of children, lots of poverty. So the result was men would risk their lives to feed their kids. That was the bottom line. And fish in these horrible conditions in the wintertime. And so, uh, so my thought was, wow, you know, they need to hear this message now, you know, before they get drowned. So within a week, um, I went down to the uh, the wharf where a lot of the fishing boats were. Like I knew all the captains, being my dad was a captain. I walked aboard this one sixty uh, foot uh, longliner fishing boat, and I said, and I when I walked aboard, he always says, uh, "You must be Lawrence Taylor's son." I said, "Yes, I am." Oh, he says, forty years old, too young to die." Forty years old, too young to die. Damn. And my response was, I said, "Yes." I said, "Really sad." And I said, but if you go fishing this week, like my father did, you know, uh, you know, like five years ago, and you run into this uh, really ice-freezing storm, and you get drowned, 
would you want to go to heaven? And he looked at me like, uh, yeah. My guess is the first time someone ever challenged him with that question, and I says, well, how do you think you get to heaven? Well, Arthur, you know what we're taught in this town, he says. You just have to uh, you know, go to church at Easter and Christmas to, to please your mom, and the rest of the year give your leftover moose meat and deer meat and ducks and geese and some leftover fish and lobsters to your poor neighbors and all these ladies who have lost their husbands at sea. Yeah, right. And you should get there. And I said, you know, I said, Captain, I said, that's a good thing to do. But guess what? I learned last week that that's a lie. You can't get to heaven just doing good works. You know, it's a great thing to do. And I tried to explain the gospel. So I went back and I told the folk at the church what had happened. And they said, wow, Arthur, God has given you a holy boldness on the, on the spot. Like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you're called yeah. to be a, be a missionary. And I remember at 18 years old, I drove to this one house, and uh, this lady said, oh, you look just like your father, and, and, you know, it's so sad. You and your five brothers haven't got a dad, and my kids haven't got a dad, and she was crying. And I got thinking, wow, after four years, she's still crying. Wow. This thing of death is awful. You know, there, there, there must be an answer, but I didn't have one. Well, now I said, I got an answer yeah. to, to this thing of death. So, in a way, God replaced your father on earth with his fatherly love, if you know what I mean. What I found out there, that uh, he got saved in World War II. He was in the engine room, and they knew that if a submarine torpedoed uh, uh, the ship underwater in the engine room, they'd be the first ones to die, so a lot of fear of death. So after three months of war in the Pacific Ocean, when they landed in Vancouver, uh, his buddy, his cooking buddy, said, uh, he told me he got off the ship and and kissed the ground, and they went to a Salvation Army meeting. That's where he heard the gospel and got saved. My grandma told me so. When my, our father called her up on the phone from Vancouver to Lockport, Nova Scotia, she said, "You keep it quiet, and, and we don't want it, don't want any any kind of church politics anymore in our family." Don't say nothing. Well, my grandmother, she ruled the roost, and he had a little bit of fear in there. So my father said nothing. Really? So he marries my mom. Now, he never got disciples and marries my mom, a lost person, and uh, so nothing was said. So that's how I never knew he was saved until after I was saved, and I was talking to his, uh, his 80-year-old buddy in about 19, maybe 80. He was a chief cook on the ship, and he, he was the guy that was his best man at his wedding yeah. on the ship. And he told me how my father got saved, so I found out after he was dead. Wow. You know, many years later. How absolutely freeing and how amazing that would have been. Then I led my mother to the Lord at about about 80, when she was about 80 years old. That's Arthur's story. We'd love to know your story. Go to our website, solvos.org.au forward slash radio and send us an email. You can read Arthur's story in the book Lost at Sea, Found in Heaven, written by Bob Cretney. Light and life. The Salvos Weekly Radio Show.